This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. Exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 89 of With Love and Justice for All, the official podcast of Project Sanctus, where we have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, fostering liberation, and a special emphasis on the challenges that arise as spiritual seekers. I'm Reverend Ogan Holder, here with my partner in crime consciousness and co-creation, Reverend Kelly. Happy Friday, Reverend Kelly. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah, it is a good it, I was gonna say it is a good Friday, but not meeting Easter. But it's a it's a nice day. The weather's good. Little overcast. Doing this with you, it's good. Awesome, awesome. It has been raining all day here in the metro mm. DC area, and it is chilly and um, full on full on spring. What is that? April showers, May flowers, all that nonsense. Well, you know, two two more days, April or three. I don't know. Two days. Two days. Thirty days in April. I shouldn't do math, but uh, <laughs> not today, anyway. Not today, <laughs> but the math I am certain of is that we are uh, we got listeners all over the world, um, about forty five to fifty states and over twenty four countries like India, South Africa, and Algeria. Surprised to find some listeners in Algeria, but hey, shout out to you! Thank you for listening. Uh, yeah, hope you don't get yourself in trouble, uh, but. Um, I think I think Algeria is okay. It, you know, they're worse places. Um, so thank you all for listening and um, sharing the podcast and being part of this journey on love, justice, and liberation with us. As always, if you want to participate in this discussion with us, um, hit us up on social medias. We got our handle, Get Our Holy On. And you can also leave a voicemail, 413-GET-HOLY. That's 413 438 four six five nine it is friday it is our news and headlines episode we're calling it letter talk and other headlines uh we got anything coming up we need to let folks know about um, uh well we have some things in the works that we can't give you a date for but we're always recreating and and reinventing and creating ways to engage listeners and to engage the and reply to the question that we get so much, but what can I do? So just kind of stay tuned. There are some things coming down the, coming down the road. And um, the one thing that's always going on is our affinity groups. We have two each month. One is actually a communal group um, for, for 
um, for everyone. And that's on the first Wednesday of every month at 7.30 Eastern. And then on the third Wednesday of every month is the, the affinity group. So we have a group for bodies of culture. And we have a group for, for white bodies. And I facilitate the white people and Ogan facilitates the people of color group. And uh, that, again, that's at 7.30 Eastern. And you can go to our website, projectsanctus.com. And you do need to register, but you can find find those groups under the events. Um, we do ask you to register in order to get the Zoom link. Um, but those are, you know, more and more, I am really pushing, you know, like I'm not already pushy enough, but more and more really getting people to focus in on that's where the work happens really, really in those groups. Of course, we can read books forever and sit in DEI workshops and you do get some information, but you don't, it's, that's not where the work happens and the work meaning I, you know, the internal work and the witnessing your own biases and, and, and racism, internalized racism, internalized supremacy, um, internalized oppression. That's, uh, that's, the, that's where the work happens really. So. And, and you're not pushy, you're clear and you are assertive. So let's, let's check our internalized misogyny there as you, uh, Oh, thank you. Yes. You're welcome. Yes. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, uh, God knows I've had, I've had a, a man a time or two mansplain me about, you know, being, you know, I'm being assertive, but to them it's aggressive, you know, and, yes. and then mansplain me how I need to be different oh, and, you know, <laughs> and, I'm like, oh yeah, you could see me. You could see my face glaze over. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of men that believe they know better, the the war against trans people continues. Um, the latest iteration um, that, um, you know, you know, that whole saying, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it must be a duck. So, you know, yep. and very similar shares to what uh, shades to what just happened in uh, Tennessee. Um, you all may have known, heard by now, uh, Montana has um punishing basically uh trans democratic lawmaker uh uh zoe zephyr um mm -hmm. and um representative zoe zephyr by basically um not allowing her to speak um on the floor she's been silenced and um and that silence came about in response to her saying to them around their um, trying to push the um, uh, very specific anti-trans law that they're going to have blood on their hands. And they thought, and also similarly, they were, um, um, when she was at first um, warned about um, saying things like that and her mic was turned off um, there were uh, folks in the house um, spectators chanting let her talk let her talk and of course using that same this is um, breaking the rules of decorum which is really yeah. really becoming you know just another word for we're gonna shut you up when you say things that we don't like to hear that's um, right yeah so 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 that's been that's been happening. Um, so she's been censured, which means she can still like vote on bills and stuff, but she can't, she can't speak. And I think she can't, she can attend her, you know, they, they have. Well, she, she has a, a gizmo for her to vote remotely. That's right. That's right. But she can't actually <laughs> be there. So it's, oh uh, can't attend her committee meetings. I don't think. Um, no. So it's, it's once again, the, the, the silencing of. Just like Tennessee 
just just like just like Tennessee. Um, it is it, it is it, it, it's a mess. Um, so so again, when people ask what can you do, what you can do is if you live in states where this is happening, make sure to call your representatives, even show up at uh, state houses and and make sure your voice uh, is heard because, as she says, um, 11,000 uh, people voted her into office and silencing her is silencing them, them. as yep. as well. So, yeah, it's it, it's censorship. Um, and a core, um, you know, we see this happening again in in Kansas, Kansas, the lawmakers override the governor's veto to pass a very ridiculous um, sweeping anti-trans bathroom bill. Um, this new law defines a man and a woman by their sex organs at birth and divides the two groups in their use of bathrooms, in athletic settings, domestic violence shelters, rape crisis centers, jails, and prisons, while also leaving open this application in other areas. I'm reading from the Washington Post. And this was voted... This was passed before the governor and and I believe Kansas has a Republican governor, doesn't don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. Um, over uh, vetoed um, then passing law the first time, and then they got enough votes to override uh, the veto. And this is just horribly called the Women's Bill of Rights. But yeah, let's leave out the trans women, <laughs> but we yeah. can call it the Women's Bill of Rights. Ugh, it's a mess. It is a mess, you know, and if people aren't aware, you know, you said, what can I do? And, and if it's, ha- you said, if it's happening in the state you live in and, but not just there, you know, that w- it's the, our, the biggest thing we have to fight this is uh, voting these people out of office. And yeah. so I can, I can contribute to, you know, a campaign and like, like in Wisconsin, um, Janet Protosayets, Prosewitz that the the she was a Democrat for their Supreme Court and by her being elected there you know totally turns the tides and can bring Wisconsin out of the dark ages and you know shift yeah. the gerrymandering bill uh, you know gerrymandering right. but anyway I contributed to her campaign I don't live in Wisconsin yeah um, but I can support her I can write letters to to those in office in Wisconsin, um, even though I don't live there. And, and because it's not just about Wisconsin, you know, Wisconsin is a battleground state. And Mm -hmm. the only way we, you know, one of the only ways I believe that we're going to be able to, to keep shifting this tide, like I'm, I'm like, oh, thank God, like somebody, you know, uh, like in Kansas, you know, blocking, vetoing the the village idiot, also known as the governor, um, you know, vetoing these things is to get these people out of office. Yeah. So we kind of have to do this all together. Like we're really in this all together just because I don't live in Kansas or I don't live in Wisconsin. Or I don't live in Montana. Doesn't mean I'm helpless. Exactly. Exactly. And and even though even in some places, if the war on trans people is not um obvious it they are um certain departments state departments are just up 
doing tomfoolery again an example is in texas the agriculture department um, is ordering its employees to comply with a new dress code mandating they abide by it in a quote manner consistent with their biological gender i don't even know what that's supposed to mean right so i'm assuming it means that uh biological women have to what wear dresses i mean pantsuits out can women no longer wear I, I, pants? I don't know what is so you know a matter consistent with their biological gender so if my so me like what does that mean what am i supposed to be wearing thankfully i'm wearing a pink t-shirt today so he's not going to get on me but um, if i if i if i is a <laughs> if i as a man showed up <laughs> Right. In, in a, a pink t-shirt. In a in a right. Or a pink suit. Is that yeah. is that not like I don't understand how I don't how know that's gonna what are what are the what are the uh characteristics, not char- the qualifications? What are the what are the statutes? Yeah, you gotta give me some bullet points here so I know the, what idiocy you're talking about. You know, uh, I when I when we lived in England, I went to a, a school that you had a uniform and part of right. the uniform was a tie. For everybody. Oh, so yeah, I too. wore a tie. Um, I'm like, uh, is that consistent with okay, my Okay, here we go. Gender? All right. <laughs> I, I have the actual document up now. I have the okay. actual document. And here are the guidelines. Here are the guidelines. So for business attire, right, um, this would consist of traditional business wear, including Western business attire. So, for example, here's examples of business attire for men. Business attire includes a long sleeve dress shirt, tie, sport coat worn with trousers and dress shoes or boots. For women, business attire includes tailored pantsuits, business-like dresses, coordinated dressy separates worn with or without a blazer, and conservative closed-toed shoes or boots. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my Um, God. Yes. That's that's a thing. Guess I can't Um, wear my flip-flops in there. No, you can't. No, you can't. Even if There's, they were bedazzled. There is a separate category for business casual. Business casual. Um, here, here are some examples of inappro- what's inappropriate. Inappropriate for uh, business casual uh, pants. Um, casual slacks and trousers and jeans without holes. So you can, I think that's okay. Yes, that's okay. So inappropriate includes t-shirts, shirts with inappropriate slogans, tank tops, muscle shirts, camouflage, and crop tops. Um, what is appropriate shirts with colors, business casual crew neck, blouses, golf and polo shirts. Of course, um, golf and polo shirts. Another mascot of the plantation. What is what is allowed is what is not allowed, um, pants-wise, shorts, camouflage, baggy or sagging pants worn below the waist or hip line so that's not that's not coded at all no (laughs) not not at all no there's no coding uh footwear casual slip-on or tie shoes i think this is what is allowed western boots clean athletic shoes examples of inappropriate footwear include flip-flops slippers slides and crocs or I'm not mad with the Crocs thing. Crocs need to go. Crocs are just a bane on the existence of fashion. <laughs> They're just weird. I, I said it so, and I'm sticking by it. <laughs> okay. So the what's not allowed, what's quote unquote inappropriate. I love that word appropriate, inappropriate. It's so yeah. subjective. It's so subjective. You know what? It's a word that um, is used to perpetuate racism. 
absolutely what's appropriate and what's not so what so charts with inappropriate slogans so i guess who's deciding what slogans inappropriate yeah. well you know you can put a big <laughs> so i guess i can't say you know liberation for all no no, I'm sure I'm sure you I'm sure you can't. So basically Justice. what's being said here is, of course, yes, if there's if there's a if there's a trans woman um, because she was um, assigned uh, male at birth, therefore uh, she can't she can't wear a dress. Um, she could wear a mm. tailored. Well, no, she can't wear a tailored pantsuit. She's got she's got to wear men's suit. A man, a man suit. This is, I mean, like, holy crap! Yeah, yes, with their biological gender. Um, yeah, I, mean, I can't even. So yes, so yes, the war on trans people uh, continues, continues, continues. And you know, there's been um, this year since January. So we're only at the end of April. This is since mm-hmm. January states have introduced more than 400 anti-trans bills it's ridiculous and missouri oklahoma and texas have introduced over 35 or more yes anti-trans bills and that 400 is more than the number introduced in the previous four years combined yes and once again at the root of all this always is the desire to control and conform so that's that's again rooted rooted in in uh, white supremacy ideals we control anything that seems to exist outside the norm as defined by those in power seeking to uphold white supremacy norms and we will make others conform to those norms that's all it is that's all it's ever been um for some reason people who seem to um, exist outside of that those narrow confines of the norms are 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 a threat um to the establishment um so yeah so we gotta we gotta control we gotta censor and we have to make them conform and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that um the constituents the majority of constituents are don't want these laws passed right the majority don't there's a great piece on the daily show i think last night um um desi ladek went to kentucky and was interviewing folks there and when you when you do when you run the polls in kentucky the majority of people don't want the bills the anti-trans bills that they're trying to push through in kentucky so we have these representatives who are, again, seeking to define what the measures of control they want to hold on to and not listening to their constituents. Right. Who, again, the majority are like, yeah, we don't we don't want these laws. Uh, yeah. Even if they even if they may necessarily agree with the content, they don't necessarily want the law. Right. Exactly. 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 And I'm not saying there's a lot that do agree with the the you know the legislation being put forward. Yeah. Um, but they don't. Even those there's but there's a, a good chunk of those that might be anti-LGBTQ or anti-trans, but don't want the laws. Let's let's move over to some lighter news. Reparations. Okay. 
So, so there's before so, I get too depressed. <laughs> before, we get, before we get too depressed, uh, there is. So let me let me start with the ridiculousness and then go to the to the maybe actually maybe some good some good news towards corporations. Oh, oh you're gonna start with the Ohio Senate candidate. Got to start with him because yeah, because I when I heard this, I was like, uh, excuse me, like is this for real? Uh, yeah, uh, Ohio Senate candidate Bernie Moreno. He floats an idea around reparations for white descendants of Northern Civil War soldiers. So let me read that again. An actual candidate for the Ohio Senate, Bernie Moreno, is floating this idea that descendants, white descendants of Northern Civil War soldiers should be eligible for some sort of compensation. Well, why not? Why just Northern Civil War soldiers? What about revolutionary white so, uh, revolutionary you know, war soldiers? I think you're trying to World make War sense One, of this. World War Two. I think you're trying oh. to make sense of this. Don't don't try. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> don't try. I will I will read you I'll read you what he said, because I mean it just speaks for itself. Um I should I should mention um as it goes without saying, he is a, a strong supporter he was a strong supporter of trump in 2016 and 2020 um he supported jd vance's run for the senate which i believe jd vance won which was a a mess anyway so this is what bernie moreno says he says we stand on the shoulders of giants don't we we stand on the shoulders of people like john adams james madison alexander hamilton george washington that this group of people took on the largest empire in the history. They said, no, we will not stand for this. And one, that same group of people later, white people died to free black people. It's never happened in human history before, but it happened here in America. That's not taught a lot in schools much, is it? They make it sound like America is a racist, broken country. You name a country that did that, freed slaves, died to do that. They talk about reparations. Where are the reparations for the people in the North who died to save the lives of Black people? I don't even begin to know where to unpack this. Well, I think Bernie Marino to go back to school, right? Bernie needs to go back and learn a little bit about what the Civil War was about. Clearly, I don't. I would imagine that yes, no. This is, was about economics, dude. I don't. I don't. I would be surprised how many you know the war soldiers, how many actually could say clearly what they were fighting for. Um, yes. Yes. Also, and how many would actually say I'm fighting to free black people? But but also we it's it's missing the whole point of why there is a call for reparations because right. of, you know, the idea of reparations. Again, it's um, so much of the U.S. infrastructure, economy, everything was built on the back of free labor free enslaved labor land right. was taken from native americans um land was uh you know 
how many how many times if if there were free black folk that land was uh, taken from them. Um, so the idea is the folks who worked and um, to to build the country, the um, the enslaved people, the people, the Native Americans, the indigenous people from whom the land was stolen. The, the, the point of reparations, I can't believe I have to explain this, is how about we compensate their descendants because right. they didn't have the chance to build generational wealth because right. you enslaved them. And even after slavery was abolished, you know, we also went through periods of then all the laws to restrict their ability to make money, to own property, right. to, to, to build vote, something, to, right? Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. It was um, white Americans during those uh, periods of time were not forced to work for free. They were not enslaved. In our last episode, we talked about at the beginnings of it, there was an indentured uh, servitude plan. But at the end of that indentured servitude, they were given freedom. And in some cases, were actually compensated with plots of land. Um, So, so yes, we're the folks who died to quote unquote save the lives of black people which again was really not what it was all about um no they don't they don't need any sort of reparations and i really feel ridiculous having to explain that out loud but well he's you know the base that he's going for. You know, rile sure. him up. Something's here. Something else being taken from you, white folks. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. We we can't have we can't have irony of ironies. We can't have what you work for taken from you and given to people who didn't earn it. That sounds very right. familiar. And again, this 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 goes on. This is again one of those tropes around uh you know white fear of what happens if there is true racial equality us black folk are going to come for for revenge um i don't know if you're listening to any black folk but we ain't got time for that none of us want that we're not we're not coming to get your stuff all right all we simply want is exactly the same opportunities and considerations and um removal of racial based obstacles and stop with all this i mean it's the fact that people are living in fear and oh i should mention this is that fear and i think we talked about this before this is that fear that um un- unconsciously causes people to enact greater violence against people of color um right. you know police officers um other folk who like just see black people and shoot them um so, so there's this idea that that us people of color are out for revenge. I can't yep. iterate this enough. We are not. That's that's not a thing. That is not a thing. So that was a no, ridiculous. I, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, it just it's you know it's pandering to this base that really has this this mob mentality. Mm-hmm. There's not you know. Um, there's no critical thinking going on. There's no, um, there really is the belief that, you know, your good takes away from my good. Yes. Um, and, and the way that you keep that going is that mob, right? And that's how I start to look at these 
um, crazy, you know, the GOP has just become this mob um, and there's no thinking. Somebody says something and everyone goes, oh yeah, like hops on board. Um, and then it becomes, it's, it's another way to check out from your conscience, right? Yes. So this, a mob is a place to go to take a break from your conscience. And critical thinking, as you mentioned, both. Well, that's conscience is, you know, to have a conscience means you have to, you know, think through something like, what is it that I value? What is it that I really believe? Like, gotcha. what is my conscience telling me? You know, my conscience is our, you know, our values. And, and, and part of that is, you know, turning your brain on, getting the, getting the pistons firing, but you keep a mob going and it's, it's just becomes easy. It's another way for white folks to say, I don't have to, you know, I'm tired of this, yes. uh, you know, I'm tired of, why do you always have to talk about race? You know, in my, my, you know, when, when I have white folks say to that to me, you know, why is everything about race? Well, because it is. It, and well, why is. do you always have to talk about it? And I'm like, because you're not. Right. If we don't talk about it, then the status quo remains. Um, yeah. And the status quo is not built on equity. Um, no. But speaking of some people who do have some have a conscience of sorts, um, <laughs> we have to go across the pond to the British. Yes. Uh, tucked away in a corner somewhere they have a conscience yes so uh the, the british um empire and enslaved traded an estimated mm. 3.1 million africans to the uh caribbean north and south america and elsewhere over a 150 year period uh the british slave trade was abolished in 1807 uh, Emancipation Act was passed in 1833, and um, as in many cases, it the it was the slave owners who received compensation after this. In fact, um, right. as late as what is it, 2018 or 19, I believe, um, the British government was still paying back um, on that compensation agreement. Um, true story. Um, but there is uh, this woman and a group of people. Her name is Laura Trevelyan. I think I said that name right. Um, she, um, she traced um, her ancestors um, who owned enslaved Africans in Grenada, the Caribbean island of Grenada. And it was 2016 the University College London published an online database of compensation. And she says, I realized that the people, the, the people who were enslaved and their descendants never got compensation. And here I am a person who has the generational wealth built on that mm. um, enslavement of people. And she decided to co-found a group called the heirs of slavery. And their purpose is um to uh, gather people whose ancestors profited from and supported transatlantic slavery and its many related industries and find out ways that they can um, offer apologies, dialogue, reconciliation, and reparative justice. So this is the this is the whole purpose of them. Um, they support the CARICOM nation's 10-point plan for repertory uh, justice. 
Um, and uh, I'm going to tell you about that in a little bit. But what's interesting is that uh, they are um, trying to get the new King of England on board with this because one of their members is David Lascelles. He's a second cousin to King Charles. Oh, yeah. David Lascelles. Lascelles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he's an heir to an estate built on earnings from slave and sugar trades on my home country of Barbados. Mm. Um, so, so, so they've, they've formed this group and they're trying to basically, I guess, lobby the King to do mm-hmm. some things about it. Um, the woman, Laura, she, um, she visited Grenada that this made news and this was big news in the Caribbean a little while ago um, because her ancestors um, on like six plantations across Grenada and she returned to Grenada. Um, her family offered like a formal apology and set up a fund um, to do some youth initiatives as part of the repertory justice. So uh, so the 10 point plan for repertory justice from Car- CARICOM, this is the Caribbean Community Reparations Commission. Um, it, they include things like a full formal apology uh, repatriation, um, Indigenous Peoples Development Program, um, addressing specifically public health and illiteracy um, issues, um, psychological rehabilitation, um, debt cancellation. Um, so, so there's there's actually a plan, um, and for if there are folks who want to set up systems of of reparation, that they can do that for Caribbean countries. Um, and I think so far, a British government has not been like pushing back against this. They've been open to right. um, um, exploring this and, and see where it goes. And again, when we talk about reparations, we're not talking about uh, cutting a check, right? Or right. stealing somebody's land and turning it back over. Um, it, I mean, hey, I ain't gonna be mad with a check, but um, what's what that really one of the ways it looks like again is can you use some of that same um, wealth that you've acquired generationally to reinvest back into the country and the peoples on whose free labor you built that wealth and in some right. cases it may even look like you still own property on these islands you know uh, give the property back to the government of the island uh, if right. you want or at least let your property be used by the government at no cost to to do things um yeah so so that's that's in the works over there i never thought i'd say this but be more like the british yeah you know well he was so when he was prince charles he was actually a lot more active in human rights you know human rights activism much more than people realize yes what everybody was afraid of is that when he became king he was going to have to cut back and be not be as vocal, you know, be more silent like his mother was and, and quote unquote neutral, which good God, you're white monarchy. You, you, it's not possible, you know, in universal time, you know, in, in, yeah. in 14 billion years, the universe has been here. There's no way for him to be neutral. Um, so I think everybody's fear was that he was going to step away from this kind of, you know, human rights activism, um, and, and, you know, the effects of colonialism and the damage and the, the violence and just, you know, the persistent victimization, like everything that goes with colonialism, 
so I'm I'm cautiously hopeful that he doesn't go that way and that he he um, you know as you said there doesn't seem to be much pushback on this so um, yeah. you know I so for them to lobby the the royal family um, and asking King Charles to join them I I really hope it comes to fruition. I hope so too. I hope so too. Fingers crossed. Um, there's there's some hope. There's some hope here. And um, yeah, take note. Take note, U.S. Take take well, note. <laughs> yes, and even just looking at this ten point plan for reparatory justice gives anybody. You know, you, you don't have to. You don't even have to. Me as an individual, I don't have to come up with a ten point plan or get my government to do it. But there are a lot of things in there that you can just. Pick one thing and do it where you live. Um, you know, get engaged in and all. You know, you rattled off a bunch of things. Um, yeah. Uh, to to uh, that are part of this this plan, um, but it, it's yeah. It's a reparations is a never ending and something we each can take on. I don't have to wait for a government. Yeah. Um, let's let's do some good news. Or good, that was relatively, good news. relatively good news. Uh, yes, the the war on trans people continues. However, um, we turn to Kansas's neighbor, Missouri, where a judge temporarily blocks Missouri Attorney General's uh, transgender health care uh, restrictions. So that's good news for now. Um, so hopefully, hopefully um, that will that will continue. Uh, Planned Parenthood has opened pop-up gender-affirming care clinics throughout the state so that trans people could start um, on their hormone therapy or, or continue continue that um, as well. Uh, so that's good news. Um, what else is... Well, the, yeah, ahead. so, well, part of the good news in that is that, um, so when I talked about those, um, you know, over 400 anti-trans bills that have been introduced since the since January and Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas are way at the top of the food chain for that. The, the I, I don't know if it's good news, but the sort of place to pause and have a little hope is that while there's all these bills that have been introduced, they're not yet being enacted. Right. Um, but we hear it on the news that this law has been, you know, introduced and I, I'm, I know I've been guilty of this is that I, I think that means it's a done deal. Right. It's, it's and not. it's not. And it's, we have to remember that and we have to yes. act from that place to to not have it be enacted. Yes. Um, other places where it's not being enacted is Nebraska and South Carolina, where yeah. strict new abortion laws um, on the same day have been have been blocked. Um, and um, fascinating enough, also in South Carolina, it's really been uh, give credit to these five female senators, um, three Republicans well, re and two. Democrats. Yeah, conservative Republicans. Yes, yes, um, and and part of it is because of their uh, realization um, that these again abortion laws, these anti-trans laws, has been about control. So, um, um, Senate Senator or. Uh, Republican Senator Sandy Sand State Senator, she says she likened the implications to the Handmaid's Tale, and she says uh, these abortion laws have always been each and every one of them about control, plain and simple. 
And in the Senate, the males have all the control. So, yeah. so we talk about we talk about you know um, white supremacy trying to maintain itself, and one of the ways it does that is through male supremacy, um, right? And more specifically, white male supremacy. Um, but when you look at again all of these state houses where these trans bills are being uh, attempted to be pushed through, and the anti-abortion bills, the vast majority of the people sitting in those state houses. Are white men yep and it's it's yeah it's the the, the well and you could you could supremacy. actually yeah you could see it in the tennessee house when uh, those two gentlemen were you know the justins. out justins yeah the two justins um when when you would see uh um you know a camera shot of mm-hmm. like people in the house i'm like yeah it's all white old men <laughs> Yes. Um, why am I not surprised? Yes. Yeah. Um, so this is good. It is. It is. It is very good news. Um, and also in some other good news, um, an Amazon uh, delivery firm allows its drivers to unionize with the Teamsters. So that's good. That's that's always good when people can unionize, especially against places like Amazon and Starbucks, those uh, corporations that really seek to uh, basically um, maintain a new era of of yeah. almost enforced labor. Um, well, and Amazon is not necessarily hanging on to those are third party, you know, drivers, you know, uh, companies that are drivers hired by Amazon. Yes. And so they're not necessarily, Amazon is not necessarily maintaining those contracts with those third-party companies. However, uh, those companies are allowing unions. Yes, which is, which is always good. Um, and um, in, in, in the Pope news, we sort of maybe kind of hoping been waiting for <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Pope Francis is allowing women to vote at a key meeting, the Synod of bishops mm-hmm. um and the it's been described as a significant crack in the stained glass ceiling um yeah. so basically um this is uh the synod of bishops um there are 70 non-bishops being appointed appointed by the pope with voting rights at an upcoming october assembly and they will be drawn from priests, consecrated women, deacons, and faithful Catholics who do not have an ordained position within the church hierarchy. Half will be women with young people also represented. Up to this point, it's only been men that have been allowed to be in this in this group. And I think this is a group that that votes for uh, for for bishops, um, if I understand this yeah. correctly. Um, yeah. As we know in the Catholic Church, women cannot be ordained as deacons, priests, or bishops. Um, and however, just FYI, I think some of this is a response to, so there is an organization that's been around a while. It's called Roman Catholic women priests and, um, they ordain women. It's just all women. And there are priests within the Roman Catholic church that are ordaining them. Um, and so, you know, you can Google Roman Catholic women priests and um, find out more about them. Um, but they they have been growing over the years and they're all around the world. And I, I honestly believe that some of one, I think 
Pope Francis is just, he's an order priest. He's a Franciscan. So he, Mm -hmm. he is, you know, most order priests are boat rockers. Um, And, you know, and we're also talking about the papacy, you know, the Vatican, like turning a battleship on a dime. Um, So how far is he willing to go? What does he really believe? And sometimes he sounds contradictory, but I think that part of this giving women the right to vote at this key meeting for Catholics is also because you you can't ignore what this, what they're doing, the Roman Catholic women priests. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, it's a, as you say, it's a, it's a, it's a big ship that's been headed in one direction for a very, very long time. And, um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a case to be made for, not case be made, but one can argue it's a, it is a uh, move towards um, gender equity, but also a realization that the church is going to just keep losing people. Yes. More and more. Absolutely. And, um, and yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> it, it might be a very, uh, you know, strategic calculation, but at the same point in time, whether or not it's one that's been needed for way too long. So, uh-huh. so very, very glad that this happened in, uh, reg- regardless. So, so good for Pope Francis and let's It's hold. not, yeah, may not be the revolution I'd like to see, but it is, it is no. a, a step. It's a step. It's a step. And honestly, yeah. that's how revolutions come about, right? Just a bunch of steps until there's, there's just this mass momentum and push, um, right. to, to change things. And I truly hope that he's got a lot of years left in him to continue making these small steps and then whoever comes after him is not my fear is that it's a it's gonna there's gonna be a conservative pushback and yep. they're gonna elect a very very conservative pope who's probably gonna either roll back some of these decisions well, like the or, previous guy yeah or or just not make any further steps towards equity in the church yeah um all right i think that's it for for the headlines today um i think it might there be was the, a lot of them to choose from how do you, you know i know but i was also thinking it might be the first episode where we actually had more good news than not that's true that's true we did not not all the world is on fire <laughs> no um no. but you know it's 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 a. Uh, we can we can we can do better people we can we can do better so yes please call please call your your state senators your state representatives write the emails make the calls uh show up at state houses if you can especially if you're in states where um this sort of anti-trans um anti-abortion anti-lgbtq anti-human anti-human fuckery is going on <laughs> and let your let your voice be heard um yeah. and most in and and yes vote vote these people out of office i think um one of the general sentiments is going on is that many republicans are realizing that because of the the state races that they lost after all VA was overturned that this is becoming an uh an, an issue and they're losing republican votes um well it, because, 2018 because it. 2020 2022 they just kept republicans just kept losing exactly. you exactly. know these maga crazy fascists so, just we're not yes. keeping it going. So and keep, also what's happening in, 
Yes. And then what's happening in Congress right now, uh, and if you uh, you probably are keeping up with this, is that they're actually hearing testimonies from women from states that have been personally affected by these new anti-abortion laws. And, um, yes. you know, uh, you got to look those up. There's this woman from Texas who, you know, she... Uh, she did not have a viable fetus and the doctors were afraid to abort it. And they're like, you, you got to wait till, you know, your body expels it on its own because we are afraid to do this medical procedure. When we say abortion is healthcare, this is what we're talking about. And she developed right. sepsis. Uh, yep. She almost and, died. And almost died. And she's like, How and their response was, well, the doctors didn't interpret the law correctly. Right. That the there's, there's, that there's a, uh, you know, they, they can still make the best medical decisions in cases like that. The, but the doctors are afraid to because the laws were so hurriedly put together and they are so yep. vague. Um, and um, it's it's just ridiculous. So anyways, um, I think I think the change is going to come. And as always, it may get worse where it gets better. But but given uh, what we shared today around folks blocking anti-abortion and some anti-trans bills that are trying to be passed. Um, I think it's, I think it's been a good day for the good day for the movement. Yep. For today. Um, so um, as always, thank you for listening and please continue to share um, our podcast with your friends. You can find us on all the usual podcast platforms you can find us online with love and justice for all please visit projectsanctus.com to see um, opportunities that we have and um, you can make donations to uh, keep the train running and keep it on the tracks and as always until we meet again let's get our holy eye